saw a video, and this is kind of weird and gross, but it was about this woman who is the breastfeeding world record holder. She can produce over two gallons of milk a day, and she was stockpiling all of this milk. She, she was showing us in the video that she had freezers full of milk, more milk than her baby would ever be able to drink. And so she eventually began a business selling her surplus milk to these other mothers that had trouble producing breast milk of their own. Now, having freezers filled with milk does a baby no good. A baby could be in a house filled with milk and still die. What is required for that baby to grow up and thrive is for he or she to drink of that milk. And so now in comparing God's word to spiritual milk, Peter is saying to us, it doesn't matter how many Bibles you own or even how much Bible you know, unless you get into it and drink deeply from it, you will never grow. And eventually your spiritual life will wither up and die. And we see this playing out in our world today. We live in a world where there are more Bibles than ever before. There are more resources to gain biblical knowledge than in any other generation. And yet, there are more and more Christians who are struggling in their faith, living with no joy, and have grown cold to God. Why? Because the only way to grow up into our salvation is to become people that love God's word. And so let's get into the scripture again. Let's read from 1 Peter chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 once more. It says, "So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good." So we are in a four-part series through these three verses. First one was rid. Rid yourselves of all these things that destroy gospel love. Number two, long. Long for the pure spiritual milk of God's word. And today we're looking at grow. Through God's word, grow up into the hope of your salvation. And then the fourth one will be taste. Taste just how good the Lord really is. Rid, long, grow, and taste. And I love how practical and no-nonsense Peter is through this letter. He doesn't just say, grow up, start acting like a Christian. No, he tells us exactly how we are meant to grow up. He calls us to crave spiritual milk because by it, he says, we will grow up. So there's a necessary link between consistently desiring God's word and as the New Living Translation puts it, growing up into a full experience of your salvation. By it, we grow. That's the answer. It's like if I went to the doctor with a disease that was slowly making me more and more sick and eating me away. The doctor could just say, well, you need to get better. Maybe eat better. Maybe make better choices. Get some exercise. Maybe over time you'll get rid of the disease and it'll work itself out. But that doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't give me any options for helping me. Instead, what the doctor could say is, here, here's a prescription for medicine that is specifically designed to fight the disease that you have. Take it twice a day because by it, you will be healed. 
the prescription makes all the difference to the result that you're going to get. God's word is the prescription to grow a rock-solid faith in Christ. And so we need this challenge again today to grow up. God created us for so much more than we are experiencing. We're designed to have fellowship with the Lord, be filled with love and joy inside and out, to experience community amongst believers, to be grace-filled, overflowing with worship, serving one another, living out the gospel, and to be bold, mature, fully devoted followers of Christ. And instead, we settle, we get lazy, our calendar starts taking over. We get crippled with worry and fear and stress. Our job gets overwhelming. We get pessimistic. We get enthralled by worldly entertainment and our spiritual growth becomes stunted and grinds to a screeching halt. And what's the answer to this rampant Christian malaise? Well, it's kind of silly because we joke about it being a Sunday school answer and we laugh it off all the time. But from Peter almost 2,000 years ago to you and me today, generation after generation, the answer still rings true. Get in the Bible. Read God's word. You will grow in your spiritual life, in your faith, in your joy, in your hope, in your love for others as you grow in your love for and knowledge of God. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, Continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it and how from your childhood you have never been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. And in 2 Peter three eighteen, Peter puts it this way, that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so, as we get into God's Word, it gets into us, and it begins to work in us, to build us up, to grow us into who we really are, image bearers of Christ. And it does so by driving out sin, out selfishness, pushing away pride, and replaces them with holiness and worship and humility. 2 Timothy says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. It's useful, helpful, valuable for doctrine, belief and faith in Christ, for reproof, pointing out and convicting us of our sin, for correction, you know, helping us turn back to God, and for instruction in righteousness and becoming more holy as God is holy. And what is awesome is that this isn't just some conceptual pie-in-the-sky theory. This actually plays itself out in real life, and we can see that it works. In 2009, the Center for Biblical Engagement surveyed thousands of Christians across the country, and their statistical analysis revealed something really interesting. There wasn't a very marked change in the life of an individual that read the Bible just one day a week compared to none at all. The answers of those that engaged with the Bible two or three days a week show a little change, but nothing too noteworthy. What this study showed, however, is that there is a breakthrough in the amount of change for those that spend time in God's Word four days a week or more. There is a power of four in its consistency, and it's because four all of a sudden now becomes the majority of days. More times than not, 
you're spending time in God's Word each week. And so here's what that study showed. Those who are in God's Word four or more days a week are 57% less likely to get drunk, 68% less likely to have sex outside of marriage or before marriage, 61% less likely to view pornography, 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness, while also being 70% more likely to feel happy, 407% more likely to memorize scripture, 231% more likely to be a part of discipling others. Now, is that not motivation enough? God's word changes us. God's word grows us up into who we are, fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And even more so than what God's word does in us is what it does for God when we spend time in fellowship with him in his word. I read 2 Peter 3.18 earlier, but listen to the end of that verse. It said that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. As we grow up, God gets the glory. And that's what it's all about. Next time, we'll see what causes our desire for God's word to grow. But until then, let's pray. God, we want to grow up in you and become who you made us to be. We may not know exactly what that means or looks like, but we know when we act childishly, and for that we repent. So draw us back into your word so that we can grow in the knowledge of you every day. And we pray again for a deep desire for you. Help us not to settle for anything less than Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen.